so hope everybody's doing well. Um, I'm going to talk about practical, some practical stuff. I really have so much inside me. <laughs> Just trying to decide what, uh, what would make for the best content this morning. And, uh, <clears throat> I'm really interested in discussing the awakening process, what it is and how we work through that. I'm also interested, really passionate about helping people understand the difference between what I call the left-hand path spirituality and right-hand path spirituality. I think that would be really helpful for people. Um, but alas, I want to, uh, I just woke up with something and I want to talk about, I want to pick up where I left off last time talking about being a divine animal <laughs> or a divine human. But I want to look at it in a more practical way. So I'm going to pick up some of the stuff that I was talking about last week, kind of where I finished off. I'm going to pick up with that. But I wanted to start with a little bit of uh, meditation this morning. So real simple meditation. This is just designed to increase your awareness. Um, there's a growing theory in neuroscience that our brains um, exist <laughs> as much to tune out information as it is to be a receptor of information or a producer of information. In other words, the idea is that there is so much out there for us to be aware of that we need something that filters everything else out so that we can focus. And because we are animals, right, uh, a lot of what we focus on is predetermined by biology or predetermined by What's been evolutionary for us? What's important? In other words, for the species to survive, for the individual to survive biologically, there are certain things that we have to pay attention to. So the survival of the animal causes us to shut down other information that's there and focus on what is important to physical survival, which is why the physical realm, the material realm, the body realm, the animal realm, the biological realm is really second nature to us. And opening up to the spiritual realm um, is something that usually involves some sort of a process. So what I want to do today is get out of just talking about it and putting concepts out there and how do we open up to actually experience that? How do we open up to deeper levels of consciousness or deeper levels of the mind or our divine human potential. How do we open up to that? How do we receive that? How do we practically work with that? It's one thing to know about concepts. It's another thing to be able to apply and experience those concepts. So meditation is essential. So I just want to, if you're able, if you're not driving, if you're not operating heavy equipment, if you're not doing something that requires your focused attention out here, you can kind of join me in this. So I want you to just begin by closing your eyes and just becoming aware of your body, just kind of trying to tune out all the chatter and stuff that may be going on in your brain, and you're just bringing your attention into your body. And with that, you're bringing your attention to your breath. And we're just going to take some deep breaths in through the nose, if you're able to during this allergy season, in through the nose and out through the mouth. There's nothing magical about that if you can't do it through your nose no big deal but um so 
So let's just close our eyes and just take a deep breath in through your nose. Hold it for a second and then let it out through your mouth. And while I'm doing this, I'm just tuning into my body, tuning into what I feel, what I sense, what the body knows. In through your nose, hold it, out through your mouth. And I'm just getting in sync with my body. One more time. Now, most of us are operating with lots of stress. And one of the ways you can think about stress is resistance. Uh, we develop a lot of resistance. Things happen that we don't like or that challenge us or that we're worried about that happen in the world out here. Or there could be things inside of us, aspects of ourselves that we don't like feelings that we don't want to feel. And so we create a lot of resistance to what is. So the purpose of this meditation is just getting in touch with your body and noticing where you feel that resistance. And you can keep breathing in through your nose, out through your mouth, and just notice where your attention is drawn to. Where do you feel that resistance? And then you're just going to set a gentle intention not going to try to force anything. Force is the power of resistance. I'm trying to force that away, trying to shut that down or shut that off. So what I'm doing is I'm just opening up in a very relaxed way uh, to allowing. So I'm shifting my state from one of resisting to one of allowing, one of accepting as much as I can. Again, not trying to force it. So just... Noticing where I feel some tension, noticing where I feel some stress, noticing where I feel even a little bit of anger this morning. And then as I focus on that area where I feel it in my body, I'm going to breathe into it. I'm going to imagine the breath going into that area. And I'm just setting my intention to open up and let go. Just relaxing into a space of allowing. And then the mind may produce another level of resistance, resist the allowing. So you may begin to just allow for what is in your environment, your circumstances, to allow for whatever it is you're resisting. And then your brain may produce this, no, I'm not going to do that. Or you may feel yourself tense up in other parts of your body. So you're just spending a few minutes just working on allowing what is. And as you do that, you're kind of just opening up. Whatever the problem is, there's always an answer. There's always a solution. There's always more than one. So I can simply allow the problem to be. What's your energy like inside? Is it blocked? 
Is it moving? Is it open? If you're just jumping on, we're doing some meditation, just getting in touch with resistance that we're sensing in our body, letting that go with each breath. And when you're kind of sensing that resistance or you're sensing those blocks, you're really just bringing your attention into what's already occupying for your attention, what's already trying to get your attention. Sometimes emotions can be like children, right? When we had children and they're small, maybe even when they're not so small, they try to get our attention. If they don't get our attention, they get louder. And then when, when we give them our attention, they quiet down. So the idea is usually what happens is, is as you draw your attention into what I would call these sort of areas of gross, not gross as in sick, but like heavy or, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Eh, just more noticeable types of feelings and sensations and energy in the body where you notice that resistance. Again, just breathing in. Just letting that resistance go. And sometimes emotions will start to come up for people. If you feel yourself resisting those emotions, just let go of that resistance. And then when you feel yourself kind of becoming more in sync with your body and more open, now try to notice what's more subtle. We might call them finer energies or subtle energies or subtle feelings or emotions, subtle ideas, pictures in the mind, what just allowing for whatever comes up to be there, but sensing the more subtle energies as well. It takes practice. And as you're doing that, you may notice stuff begin to come up that wants to be healed. Um, it could be stuff from your past. It could be uh, just emotions or feelings or not. There's no, you know, set way of experiencing this. We're just opening up, just trying to give you some ideas of some of the things you might experience as you do this. And that's it. It's that simple. So... Just a simple meditation I wanted to share with you to help ground you. This can help ground you, but can also um, you can practice this throughout your day. Because what you're going to do is you're going to open up your sphere of awareness. Maybe that'd be a good uh, <laughs> title for this morning: opening up uh, your sphere of awareness. So again, I want to talk about awareness just a little bit and talk about consciousness and this idea that I picked up on last week that as human beings we are a grade above. That's the only way I know how to describe it right now, a grade above the rest of the animal kingdom. I said last week we're not the fastest animals, we're not the strongest animals. Um, we don't have 
the keen sense of smell, say, that my dog has, <clears throat> or the keen vision that, say, an eagle or a hawk has, don't have the speed of even a rabbit, and yet we are, you know, at the top of the food chain. The reason for that is because of consciousness, because of mind, it's because of the ability to self-reflect. So the ancient philosophers and the arcane wisdom and the ancient teachings and really the roots of all religion is trying to make sense of what differentiates us from the rest of the animal kingdom. So in the Bible, we see that we are created in the image and likeness of God. And I talked last week about if we look at the orders of existence that are below conscious awareness, that don't have the same conscious awareness capabilities that we have as human beings, we categorize them, we classify them, then we can see a couple of principles. And I want to use simply the vegetable kingdom as an example. I used this last week, but I want to put it in your mind again, that vegetables have life in them and the ability to reproduce within them in a way that is not present in the mineral kingdom. So two rocks aren't going to get together and have baby rocks. <laughs> it's so simple, but it's so important. Um, so for the plant kingdom to reproduce, a seed has to go into the ground. So that seed is coming from that higher order of life. It's coming from that great above. But it needs all the elements of the lower kingdom, or not all the elements, but it needs some of the elements from the lower kingdom. In this case, the mineral kingdom, the soil. It has to blend with it. So the seed goes into the ground. The ground receives the seed and blends with the seed. And as it's blending with the seed, there is this process that's taking place that you cannot see, that's happening in a realm that you cannot see or be aware of, where the seed is breaking down, the soil is breaking down the seed, and then the seed is drawing nutrition. It's it's consuming. In other words, the soil has something that it needs. So it can't look down on that lower order and say, I have no need of you. <laughs> it has to go into that lower order, has to fully enter into it, has to fully embrace it so that the life that's in that seed, the higher order that's in that seed, again, through a process, can be released and then rise up and be manifested as what it was, be transformed, evolve, grow, whatever kind of language you want to put around it so that it can become the flower or it can become the tree or it can become the bush or whatever it was meant to become. So the purpose... Its purpose was in its seed. Scripture talks about this when it talks about the seed is in itself, right? So I want you to consider for a minute that the soil has no awareness, really, of the vegetable kingdom or the animal kingdom or the human kind. It can have some awareness of it in that it can, you know, if you, if you step on the soil, and I'm speaking metaphorically, but try to try to follow me here. If you step on the soil, it can get some sense of its effects. It can see its effects. But it doesn't have high knowledge of the realm above it. And so what if these layers of reality keep going? 
So in other words, what I'm suggesting, what the ancient philosophers suggested, at least as far as I understand them when I read them, is that the realm above the material realm is a realm of mind. It is a realm of intelligence. It is a realm of consciousness. Now, again, this is self-evident because there is an intelligence. There is a mind in everything. There's a mind in that seed. So when that seed goes into the ground, so let's just say it's a daisy flower. When it goes into the ground, there's an intelligence built into the seed that as it's broken down by the soil, it knows to become a daisy. It doesn't become an apple tree or it doesn't become um, something no one's ever heard of or seen, right? It maintains its integrity as a daisy. There's an intelligence there. When I drink my coffee, there's a digestive process an elimination process that is governed by intelligence that I don't have to think about or even be aware of. I just know that it works, right? So we can see mind or intelligence, and when the ancient philosophers would look out, they would see mind or intelligence in every aspect of the universe giving life to it, and giving structure and order to it. And that's what we might call the Logos, right? It's what we might call God or consciousness or mind. And we are more developed in the level of consciousness and we are more developed in the level of mind than the animal kingdom that is below us, right? So there's a realm above that, <laughs> that we're the recipients of. We become the soil. Now, this is where I said two rocks don't get together and make babies. <laughs> so for there to be life and for there to be growth, then we see these masculine and feminine principles that are built into the structure of reality. So I'm talking about principles, masculine and feminine principles. The masculine principle, principle is the principle of the seed. The masculine Principle contains the pattern, contains the structure, contains the, the, the ordinance by which the daisy seed is going to become a daisy plant, right? And it invades the territory, it invades the, the ground, it penetrates. So the masculine energy always has a thrust to it, the masculine energy always has movement to it. It's all about progression and moving forward as a principle. Feminine energy, if we see it represented in the seed or we see it, I'm sorry, in the soil or we see it represented in the womb, the feminine energy is the receiver. It receives, it creates, it, it has to become receptive. It has to fully embrace that seed and begin to break it down, but also creates an environment. If you think about the womb, the womb creates an environment to host the embryo while it's growing and while it's developing and while it's processing. And again, this is something that's happening at a level that's unseen. Now, we are, as human beings, the byproduct of an egg and a sperm. We are, we are the byproduct of both the masculine principle and the feminine principle. So therefore, inherent within us, is both masculine and feminine energies. 
So I want to talk about a little bit about how masculine and feminine energies interact with us and how this applies to spirituality. What I'm doing right now is giving expression to the masculine side of energy because I'm introducing information into an environment. So I'm operating from the masculine principle. I'm also operating from the left hemisphere of my brain, and then I'm trying to put it into language, and I'm trying to make it logical for you. So that can also represent masculine energies. Feminine energies are more receptive. So what we were doing earlier, opening up and just accepting what's there, just receiving what's there, that kind of meditation, that's opening up more of that feminine aspect or feminine side of our energies. And so the question I wanted to address today or deal with today is how do we practically open up to levels of the mind or what, I don't know who originated the term, but what some people call the latent power of the soul, that there are powers in our soul, there are divine powers there. (coughs) There's intuition and wisdom. There's psychic sense. There is... uh, level of thought that is more powerful than your normal level of thought that is able then to send information into the field of intelligence that I was talking about and hack it or access it in order to speed up or increase its effectiveness. In other words, because the the ancient thought is because there's an intelligence or there is mind that is giving structure and order to the universe and we are an aspect of that mind, then we have the ability to communicate, to sort of hack the system or hack the universe, send messages into the field, much like sending a seed into the ground so that the field will receive that and then give us back what it is that we've put into it. And this is what some people call the law of attraction. This is what some people call manifestation. But there are levels and degrees of this. And I know this from experience. I didn't read this in a book. If I'm operating at my normal level of consciousness, my normal level of everyday thought, and I'm trying to manifest something with my mind, I'm trying to get a healing, I'm trying to uh, manifest more money or whatever it is that we try to do, right? If I'm doing it at my normal level of consciousness, normal every day where, where I'm operating talking and things like that have very minimal effects. But there, it is possible to expand consciousness and open up the mind and open up the soul to a higher level, a higher vibrational level of message sending or communication with the field or with the universe or what you might call God. Again, I don't want to get hung up on the semantics. And when you're operating at that current and you're operating at that level, then the impact is much greater and the results happen much more quickly. So then the question becomes, how do I tap into that current? How do I tap into those higher levels of consciousness? How do I tap into those higher levels of the mind? And the most essential principle, the first thing to be able to do that is to be able to leave the masculine principle of thought that's operating 
on the day-to-day level that some people call ego and open up or access this sort of feminine principle inside where you're just open and receptive. So building our receptivity to what we don't normally pay attention to is a crucial and essential skill to drawing divine energy. Uh, again, I'm speaking metaphorically here, but drawing down divine energy into us so that we can operate on a higher level. So, again, I want to float this idea out here, especially if you're coming on late, that the brain exists not so much to be a gatherer of information, that we're not so much our bodies. Let's just even include our nervous system in there because we gather a lot of information through our feelings and what's in our bodies are not necessarily designed to gather information as much as they are designed to filter out information that's there. So uh, years ago I was taught that, you know, there's something like 2 billion bytes of information that are coming at you, pieces of information that are coming at you from the world at large. Everything from what you're focused on that you're seeing or hearing or what you're feeling to stuff that you're not noticing, which I would often use this illustration. Think about your left big toe in your shoe and how it feels. More than likely, you weren't aware of that until I brought your attention to it. But we could even talk about more subtle things like the movement of the air, the movement of the air where you're at right now. Is it still? Is it moving? Uh, Can you, even if you're in your house, if your heater's running or if your fan is on, you can feel the circulation of the air. Just talked a little bit about it. The temperature. What's the temperature around you? So really what happens is the brain filters almost all of that out so that we focus our awareness on, they estimate between five to nine major components of that information. And out of that, we form our model of the world. And so I want you to think about it this way, that most of the time, what, what we put our focus on is actually a veil that's preventing us from seeing stuff that's there, but we don't see it clearly. We don't access it clearly because there's a fail, and that veil is our focused attention and our focused awareness. hope this is making sense. Still being very left-brained and masculine here in principle because I'm sharing information, trying to do it in a very logical way put language to it. So we also have resistance that I was inviting you to get in touch with in the beginning. We have this resistance. So we have these walls that we put up. We have these walls that we put up with people. We have these walls that we put up with life. We have um, ways in which we sort of cocoon, ways in which we sort of seek emotional shelter, if that makes sense. Um, so, for example, several years ago, there was a social phenomenon that was being studied decades, it's been going on for decades, called cocooning, where if you went back to the the 50s and the 60s, people's homes were more thought of as a place to host, or other countries are still this way. Their home is a place to host, to bring the world in. And for several decades now in America and maybe further in Western culture, we've been cocooning. We've been building our homes to keep people out. We have the little mini cams, uh, forget what they're called, the the doorbell cams and security systems. And we don't have people in our homes as much as we used to. And that's become our place of refuge. So I just want you to become aware of this 
this fact of what what hinders us from expanding and growing spiritually is not whether or not we're hospitable or we're cocooning, but it's just I want you to get an idea of this sense of this bubble that you have around you. And in this bubble, there's a veil based on what you're focused on, based on what you're thinking about, based on what you've been patterned to think about. And in this bubble, there is walls and barriers and things to keep to keep stuff out. So what I'm trying to help you do is get in touch with every place that you have put a keep out sign up in your life, if that makes sense. And in order to receive life from above, to receive, to connect with higher consciousness, to connect with other sentient beings that exist perhaps on a level that's beyond what we recognize as physical there has to be a dropping of the guard. There has to be a lifting of the veil. There has to be <clears throat> just a general openness to that feminine principle where I am allowing something other. Now, whether you want to say it's other than you or just other than what you're used to makes no difference to me. But I'm opening up, opening up to allow the other, to allow the other thoughts, to allow the other image to allow the other energies to flow into me and around me, to be able to sense those subtle energies, to be able to allow them to come in. So this requires a a relaxation. This requires an openness. This requires a letting go. And it requires, again, lifting the veil and taking down the barriers. So this also, this is where... um, People like Kay Fairchild and others uh, talk about the right hemisphere of the brain versus the left hemisphere of the brain. Now, I don't try to juxtapose that one's better than the other. I just try to understand that they have completely different capacities. And in the Western world, at least, most people, especially most guys, (laughs) are stuck 90% of the time, predominantly, in the language and sort of logical side, which what I would call the left hemisphere of the brain. So it's interesting when you look at the language centers of the brain, I think one's called the the Broca Center, if I got that right, B-R-O-C-A, I think, and the other one's called the Wernicke (coughs) Center. And one's for communicating and one's for understanding. So you see sort of the masculine feminine principle there as well. Masculine communicating, sending information out. Feminine taking in that information <coughs> into the Warnicke Center and receiving it. Now, the interesting thing is these are relatively small parts of the brain. So when we are logic only, when we are linear only, when we are language only, like trying to solve our problems, here's how we can be language only. Um, I'm wrestling with a problem. Let's say I need to make a decision about a new job or I need, I'm need. i having an issue with one of my children that I'm trying to solve or I'm trying to figure out where do I go? I've deconstructed. I've awakened. What do I do with spirituality? We have a tendency to nest those things in the left hemisphere of the brain. I guess I should do it this way because the mirror effect with the the program I'm using. But 
I want you to think about that. That problem nests in that area, and we just chew it over and over and over again with language. We think about it to ourselves in words. We talk to other people about it in words. We listen to what they have to say in words. And so we're really reducing, really, really reducing all of our capacities by just nestling that problem there and trying to solve it. We're doing the same thing if we're using logic. If, if, uh, if we want a logical answer, we want logical conclusions, then we're doing the same thing. And that's cutting us off from a huge part of our own potential. It's cutting us off from our own intuitions. It's cutting us off from other ways that we can gain information or solve the problem. So for example, by going into your body, what is your body feeling? Your body has a wisdom to it. Your emotions have a wisdom to it. Uh, what do you feel? If I were to ask you, you know, take any problem that you have, any one of the ones that I mentioned, and if I were to tell you what do you feel ab- about it, you're automatically probably like most people going to relate to that in the sense of my feeling is my reaction to the situation. And that's all it is. Um, I'm frustrated with inflation and I'm trying to figure out how to make ends meet. So I'm thinking about it in a very logical way. How do you feel about that? I feel frustrated. I feel powerless. I feel helpless. I feel angry. If I were to ask you, what do you feel about that problem? That's how a lot of people would respond. But I'm trying to say, what do you feel about it in the same way? What do you think about it? In other words, not what is your emotional reaction to it, but what are your feelings trying to tell you? What is that frustration trying to tell you? What is that anger trying to tell you? Because there can be an answer lodged, a, a, a seed of the solution that could be lodged inside those feelings that can be lodged inside those sensations, if that makes some, some, some kind of sense to you. And by feeling about it in the same way that you would think about it, you may be able to find your way through that situation in a way with a lot more grace and ease that's going to work for you because you're simply allowing yourself to access a different part of your brain. I mean, this this is not woo-woo spirituality. This is just neuroscience here, right? You're accessing what we know there's neural connection, there's neurons in the in the gut. We know that there's uh the vagus nerve, which is the biggest nerve in the body running between the heart and the brain stem. So your heart has information, your gut has information, your emotions have information, but it requires that you move out of just this chewing on stuff and constantly running sort of the rabbit, not the rabbit, the hamster wheel in your brain regarding the situation or the problem. That requires that you open up to that feminine principle, that you open up to that feminine side. Now, let's suppose that there is a higher intelligence that you have access to that goes even beyond your feelings, that goes even beyond your intuitions, the wisdom of the universe, if you will. That's going to require another level of just opening up and being receptive. And this is hard for us because we want to do something. Um, again, the doing is more the masculine principle. The feminine principle isn't really doing anything at the beginning part of the process. The feminine principle is simply opening up and 
taking the mind away from, because remember, I said the mind is like a, a veil. So if I've got that problem nested in my language and logical side, and that's all I'm focused on, I'm filtering out any other information that could possibly come to me. I mean, this is, this is incredible to think about. So what I want to do is I want to teach myself, I'm going to learn through practice how to rest that logical mind. And in the beginning, that's usually difficult for people to do. It's usually difficult for people if they're beginning with meditation to get their mind to shut down and then they feel like they're failures. But again, they're stuck in that masculine principle. So if I'm trying to do meditation and my expectation is somebody tells me, somebody like Aaron says, you need to quiet the language, the the thoughts in your mind. You need to get that internal voice to be silent for a while. Okay, now I've established a goal. This is, again, coming from a masculine principle. I've established a goal. Again, if you're tuning in late, I just want you to know I'm talking about masculine and feminine principles as they're seen in nature and as they're seen in reproduction. I'm not talking about men and women at all or people who identify as non-binary or however you choose to identify. Talking about these principles of reproduction in nature. That's how I'm using the terms. So masculine principle has a goal. My goal is to get my mind to shut up. Okay, how am I going to do that? Well, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to focus on my breath. I'm going to, I'm going to chant. I'm going to focus on a candle. I'm going to focus on a singular object. And by focusing on a singular object, that's going to get this to shut down. And so I try it for the first time. So let's just say I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to get that voice to stop. I have a goal. I have a method. And now I'm doing something. I'm still operating in that masculine principle, that feminine principle shut off. So therefore, I'm not open up to receiving. (laughs) So this is what I do. So I close my eyes and I can become aware of the voice in my head. It's just saying, I wonder what people are thinking about this uh, thing that you're doing this morning. Um, gosh, you look and sound really foolish. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, whatever kind of uh, stuff can be going on up there, right? And then I get frustrated. Oh, shut up. Shut up, boys. And then another thought comes in. I'm like, oh, no. You see, so I'm constantly operating in action, trying to get something to happen. So a better approach is, again, just letting go and allowing whatever to be to be there. So if the mind is, if the problem is still churning in the logical mind, I just let it be there. I just let it be like a conversation. The best way I've described this to people, at least the way I feel to communicate it, is when you go to a restaurant with some friends and there's a noisy table next to you, you have a choice to focus on their conversation or not focus on their conversation to eavesdrop or not eavesdrop, but you're still going to hear it. Either way, you're still going to hear stuff that's coming from that other conversation. So you just allow that to be in the same way that you allow other people to have conversations in a restaurant. You don't run over to them and say, shut up the hell up. I'm trying to talk over here and I can't hear. I can't even think because you're talking so loud. You don't do that. So you take the same approach internally in your interior self. So it's a very relaxed. It's a very open. It's a very receptive place where everything is just allowed. It is without resistance, right? And then I might float out the question. Um, what do I need to, 
what what's in the next season of my life? What's in the next season? What do I need to know? What do I need to know? That's going to be the question. What do I need to know for the next season of my life? And I just sit there. And very often for me, images will start coming to be. But now see, pretty sure from neuroscience that images are coming from a different part of the brain. <clears throat> so you can imagine, but, but this again, this is passive. This is not me creating an image in my head. Um, okay. I want to have, I want to be able to take great vacations and travel. So I'm going to see myself taking great vacations and traveling. No, it's not that it's receptive. It's passive. It's noticing. It's paying attention. It's noticing what you hadn't noticed before. It's being open to new ideas and new possibilities that may come in, imagery that may come in, feelings and sensations that may come in, thoughts that may come in that are new thoughts, that are thoughts you had never had before. So it's not just churning the same old thing over and over and over again. And avoiding jumping out of that state into what does that mean? So let's say that I'm asking, what do I need to know about the next season of my life? And I sit there receptively and openly. Accessing that feminine principle. And let's say I get a picture of a star and then a rider on a horse. Let's just say that didn't happen, but I'm just, that floated in my brain from somewhere, so it probably did. So I see a star and I see a horse. Our natural thing that we do is we immediately jump to, what does that mean? What does that mean? Okay, okay, what I need to know is, is it star and a horse. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does a star mean? Um, what does a star mean to me? Let me let me go type it in on the Internet. What what uh, symbolic meaning of star? Uh, <laughs> let's say it's a five-pointed star. Uh, angel number five, what does it mean? Um, and I start trying to interpret all this stuff because I assume that that's a message, and I'm immediately trying to understand what it means. You, you know, what is a... Uh, What's what's uh, a horse uh, spirit animal meaning? And then I go and I read that, and then I've, I've shut down the whole process. The moment I try to interpret, so the goal is to just see. The goal is to just be aware. The moment I try to interpret, the moment I try to understand what the solution is, the, is the moment I've jumped right back into that left logical linear language mind, and I've shut down. I've jumped right back into that masculine principle, if you will, of problem solving. And I've jumped completely out of the feminine principle of just being receptive and information gathering. And so in my experience, more often than not, when we begin these processes, uh, that's just exist. That's just it. We're beginning a process. We're not, you know, getting an answer that's just going to come to us like a response to an email that we sent out. And so many people think like that, right? They think, okay, I put my intention out in the universe for something, and now I'm expecting the response from the universe to come to me like an email. I'm expecting it to manifest and to show up. No, there's a process. Just like that seed going into the ground and dying, right, there is a process whereby that feminine receptive principle of the soil is breaking down that seed, 
uh it's killing the seed quite literally it's it's destruction of the seed even even in uh the womb uh the the woman's body destroys uh billions of sperm right and it's just one you're the one that made it baby <laughs> That gets in, so there's this destructive process that takes place before there's any kind of a life or germination of something new. And so we really have to exercise our patience. We really have to exercise our patience and realize, okay, I'm just the goal. The goal, if you have to have one to keep that side of you satisfied, the goal is just going to be to see. I'm just going to develop my ability to see. I'm just going to develop my ability to tap into realms of consciousness and realms of knowledge and realms of energy that I'm not normally aware of. You can do this with energy, too. You can start at the beginning when we were doing meditation. Let's just finish this with energy. So I can just notice what energies are at work in my body. That's where I start. What energies are at work in my body? Where do I feel blocked? Where do I feel stuck? Where do I feel light and free? Where do I feel the energy moving? Right? And so I'm noticing what I call those more noticeable energies, and then there's more subtle energies. What about the energy around me? Can I feel the energy uh, that I'm emitting? Can I feel the electromagnetic energy? Because you can, but it's more subtle. Can I feel the spiritual energy, the aura? You can, but it's more subtle. It's not, you know, your expectation has to be subtle energies. So now I'm... Sensing subtle energies. What's out, what's out here? Subtle energies. And so I know people, I've worked with a lot of people over the years that had psychic giftings or, and didn't understand them or had psychic giftings and didn't understand them and developed them. A lot of people started out just being able to sense a presence. I could sense a presence in my house and, um, I found out that, uh, previous, this is a true story, uh, you know, not for me, but for someone I know, uh, Found out the house that I grew up in, um, I could always sense a cold, heavy, dark energy in my closet. And I found out later that uh, one of the members of the house, one of the members of the family that previously owned the house, hung himself in that closet. So whatever the imprint was of that event, I don't think she was sensing a spirit as much as the imprint, the emotional imprint of that event that had happened in the closet. She was able to sense that. She was able to feel into that. So noticing, what do I feel? What do I feel that's out of the ordinary? What do I feel that's subtle? What are these energies that I feel around me? That requires accessing that feminine principle. And you can just describe them in very feeling terms. It was a dark, heavy, cold energy. It was always colder in my closet than any other part of the house. And even the room next to it, the closet was in the same general vicinity, meaning it's getting the same amount of sunlight and whatever. It's colder in that area. Now skeptics are going to come and say, well, maybe one had insulation, maybe one didn't. But at the end of the day, this was her experience and the principle is still the same. So hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully that was practical. I wanted to get a little bit away from just the information uh, clearinghouse to try to uh, see if I could uh, put some stuff out there that you could practically use. 
in your life. So hopefully that's helpful. Put your experiences, your ideas and thoughts in the comments. I'm going to try and see if I can see any several. <laughs> ben says sharpening our sociocultural acumen is key to growing in the midst of ethereal diversity. <laughs> yes. Uh, Beck says, I think a lot of women are already using the feeling instinct side of the mind to make decisions. Yes, totally agree with that. Um, Sharon says, a great explanation of meditation. Thank you. Shannon says, let it run. I love that. No need to have answers. Yes. Yeah, we try to force the answers. I really want to emphasize that. We try to force the answers a lot sooner oftentimes than they come instead of just being open and allowing the process to unfold and allowing something to come to us. So another mistake that people make when they're trying to manifest or use the law of attraction, they're trying to force it, and it doesn't work that way. You have to allow it. Uh, very distinct difference in energy, forcing it, I- I'm going to make it happen, versus I put it out there, I'm relaxed, I'm waiting for it to come to me, I'm allowing it to happen, I'm not forcing it to happen. Really important distinction. All right, everybody, those are the comments that I can see. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in, and uh, I will be back with you on Friday nights with uh, Derek Day. Um, we've connected, Derek and I, Freeology Friday on Friday night. Different kind of discussion, different kind of atmosphere. Um, you got, I think, Ben Urban and Daryl Carlson on tonight. Um, they've started doing something consistently. Uh, Sunday evenings, if one of you, Ben or Daryl, when you watch this later, if you want to put in the comments what time that is, because I forgot. Um, <clears throat> also have uh, the irreligious broadcast that Derek Day does on Derek Day um, <clears throat> Multimedia. And... Uh, so with Jimmy and so just some other stuff you might want to look at. Um, anyway, I'll be back with you otherwise next Sunday on uh, live on YouTube and live on Facebook. Thanks for joining.